Hello, everybody. This podcast is for Sociology 110. The last podcast was about Francis Fox Piven's article called The Neoliberal Challenge. This will, will concern the two articles by Joseph Stieglitz. One is called The Price of Inequality and the Myth of Opportunity. And the other one is called John Kenneth Galbraith Understood Capitalism as Lived, Not as Theorized. Both of them are on the uh, Canvas page for this class, and I suggest you follow them. Now, the first Stieglitz article, The Price of uh, Inequality and the Myth of Opportunity, uh, basically just gives you an overview of where the United States is. Um, as you could tell from the title, uh, the idea that we have an equal opportunity society where everybody has an equal chance of succeeding and all it takes is hard work and dedication, is a myth. He says, pretty much all other affluent countries have more opportunity and less inequality than we do. Now, the part of the article that might confuse you is the reference to rents, uh, corporations making money through rents. What that really means is that they're not making money by producing things any better or more efficiently, or more creatively, or any faster, they're making money by basically gaming the system. Uh, and rents refers to money made not by producing things. So, for example, if you own a property and you increase the rent on the property, you're not producing anything, but you are making more money. So, that would be the one part of the article I think would confuse you. The rest of it, I think, is pretty straightforward. It basically gives you an overview, a very brief overview, but an important one nonetheless, of how the United States is uh, basically ba uh, on based on a myth. And it's the myth that we have an equal opportunity and that uh, inequality is kind of a normal occurrence. Uh, his major point is similar to what Robert Reich said in that film, Inequality for All, is that economic inequality and political inequality go together hand in hand. The more economic inequality is, the more wealthy people have control over the political system, and the more political inequality there is. Okay, so that's the first article. The second one actually has a lot more of the theory that we talked about in the lecture about free market economic theory and the problems with it. And you should notice that a lot of what we talked about there is actually in this article, okay? And the article, again, compares two famous economists, John Kenneth Galbraith and um, Milton Friedman, it makes the point that Friedman was considered the economist. His books are taught in every economics, intro, introduction to economics class. And Galbraith, but he says Galbraith was actually, in fact, the better economist because the theory that Milton Friedman based his work on, quite frankly, does not work. And a lot of things he brings up are things we actually already talked about. An example would be um, 
This paragraph, which reads, What Galbraith understood and what later researchers, including this author, approved, is that Adam Smith's invisible hand, the notion that the individual pursuit of maximum profit guides capitalist markets to efficiency, is so invisible because quite often it's just not there. So the market, as I explained earlier, is supposed to be based on efficiency, supposed to be the most efficient way of distributing goods in a society. But the, the idea of supply and demand, which is when you refer to the invisible hand, it's the idea that supply and demand guides markets to be the most efficient, uh, does not exist, okay? He writes, unfettered markets, and you'll remember unfettered means unencumbered or unregulated markets, often produce too much of some things, such as pollution, and too little of other things, such as basic research. Then he writes, as Bruce Greenwald and I have showed, whenever information is imperfect, that is, always, markets are inefficient, hence the need for government action. As you'll recall, when we talked about free market economic theory, we talked about rationality, and that rationality requires perfect information. But here, Stieglitz is arguing that information is never perfect, and therefore markets are always inefficient. So that's one point that takes us back to the earlier lecture. Another point is that uh, he, he argues that the government always play an important role in markets, and when governments don't play a role, markets tend to fail. Okay, now, where's the other quote I'm looking for? Hmm. I'm having a hard time finding it. Sorry, bear with me for a second here. Ah, here we go. Under where it says government's role, second paragraph. Galbraith knew, too, that people aren't just rational act economic actors, but consumers contending with advertising, political persuasion, and social pressures. This refers back to the point we made about... Um, Quite frankly, my brain's not working today. One of the things we talked about in the four assumptions of economic theory is that what you might call... Um, hold on one second. While I try to think of the name... Okay, sorry about that. The phrase I was looking for was randomness of ends. That's the assumption that markets just give people what they want and that what people want is a result of their own individual choices. So when Stieglitz makes that argument, what he's saying is people don't just have their own choices, that their choices are the result of social pressures, advertising, and things like that. In other words... Once markets can basically tell you what you want and convince you to want certain things, then it's not that they're just fulfilling a need, they're creating needs. And once they create needs, that throws off the whole idea of 
supply and demand. They can actually create demand for things that people otherwise would not necessarily want. So that's a problem with the whole basis of free market economic theory. So the point of this article is that John Kenneth Galbraith realized that the theory was flawed. It does not explain reality or economic behavior, nor does it predict economic behavior. So the article is a criticism of Milton Friedman's free economic theory approach, and it argues in favor of what Galbraith called countervailing powers. What keeps the market in check is different powers, so that labor has to have a voice, and consumers have to have a voice, and producers have to have a voice. And it's those different, they all have different interests and different arguments to make, and that's what keeps the market sustained as long as all those three groups have a voice. Uh, what we have a situation now is where labor has lost its voice, as we've talked about, and consumers uh, don't really act as a group, and they're more or less at the behest of the business world, and their desires are actually created and not the result of whatever it is their own interests that they were born with. Okay, I uh, hope that helped. Let me know. Bye-bye.